Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Buddies. It's a podcast where we talk about only the finest Canadian television shows. This week we're talking about The Bachelorette Canada, but tune in next week for a synopsis of Northern Exposure is the only one. That was Canada, wasn't it? Or I that don't was know a, that that's Canadian. It was Alaska, yeah. which is America's Canada. <laughs> What's a... No- oh, Kids in the Hall. Shit, that would have been a way better... Let's start over. Or SCTV. SCTV, was that? That was pretty Canadian. Let's start over. I'm Griffin Man. This is Rose Base. There's kids in the hall. What's your favorite? Mine's the squishing your head guy. Today we're talking about the works of Mike Myers. My wife is staring at me, and I'm not sure what she's expecting. Wait, Mike Myers? What are you talking about? Mike Myers is Canadian, man. Yeah, but he's not kids in the hall affiliated. No, but he is very Canadian. This will start getting funny at some point. I'm sorry I've disappointed <laughs> you so bad. Um, can we talk about how we're both in Austin, Texas again? We're back, back in the heart of Texas, and um, it is so nice to be back with you, Rachel, my wife. Um, <laughs> it's nice to be back with our cat, who is a disaster. It is good to be back where Blue Apron is getting shipped to our house, and I can mm-hmm. cook, cook tasty meals again. This is not an advertisement. It's just I really like doing it. And it's nice to be back. Yeah, that's it. Those are the only things I really came back for. <laughs> All right. If you had brought the cat and a box of pre-portioned ingredients to Huntington, I'd been like, well, this I guess this is my home now. I've noticed a lot when people advertise that. They say... Pr- it's a, a, that word? They say pre-proportioned, or they say proportioned, so or they say mostly, pre-portioned. I think it's because you listen to a lot of My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and Justin hits that word <laughs> wrong every time he does it. Pre-proportioned? proportioned is proportions not a pre that just means pre-portioned right proportioned <laughs> the word has lost all meaning pre-proportion means pre-pre-portion which means there's somebody before the portioning step that's like <laughs> let's really nail this one guys anyway should we talk about the bachelorette can wow that's a loud car we're gonna get back in the groove of things don't worry <laughs> yeah, a little rusty uh, let's talk about the Bachelorette Canada because I just can't wait to talk about the Drew and Chris thing because it had me on the edge of a seat in a different room because I didn't want to watch it. Yeah, if you'll remember last week, we were pretty much done with that conflict and then they brought us more of it this week. I still like Bachelorette Canada a lot because I like all the folks in it and it's it's new and exciting and I, I turned to you at a certain point today and I was like, Jasmine's the best Bachelorette. Like, period, I don't think there's anybody who could argue against that. And it, it sounds like I'm saying that because I think she listens to the podcast, but I swear to God, like, it's it, she's more entertaining than anybody else. But... She doesn't seem at all uncomfortable on camera. Like, no. there's no part of her that's like, hello, gentlemen, welcome to the yes. state that no, I brought you to. She's really good at it. But yeah. that, that said, like, real, really getting worried that we're about to hit, like, this show's main bad habit, which is like, here's a completely manufactured conflict. Let's see if we can make it last four fucking episodes. Well, the, here's the thing, though. At the end of this episode, we only have, let's see, two, four, six, There's eight, boys eight left. guys. Yeah. There's eight boys left. So, it, I mean, yes, you're right. Be that much we left. have the sweet release of the death of this season of the show <laughs> to at least someday release us from the Drew and Chris drama, but, like, 
I'm just over it. Yeah. It did make me realize what I like about this show and like how it could be it could be fine without this shit. This shit doesn't have to be in every season, especially when it's as like like completely cut from like made up from whole cloth. Because you rewind the tapes, y'all. Show me the receipts. There was one episode where Drew was just like, I just don't like that Chris guy for literally no reason. Yeah, Let's make that the main conflict arc for the whole for the whole season. It takes two to tango. You know, like as much as you might think that, that it's true. being that's, pushed, that's he is participating. He's participating, yes. And it's, but like, this show, there is no other television show. It doesn't matter if it's reality TV or otherwise. There can't be like an episode of... Breaking Bad, where, like, uh, Walter White and Jesse are just, like, having a, a, a fight that came out of literally nowhere that takes them, like, five episodes. It takes them half a season to resolve. Like, it, it, that shit has to be bottled. Like, give me new stuff every week. And the show is giving me new stuff every week, except for this, like, except for this drama. And it's not just the season of Bachelorette Canada. It's every season of the show ever. And, guys, like, your show would be so much better without it. I don't know if that's 100% true, though. If we take out conflict... I'm not saying conflict. I'm saying the conflict that, like... Oh, okay. The conflict that gets dragged out. Yeah, just like... And it's it's no joke. It's like, it has to be every single season now. Yeah. Uh, And it's just... It's really exhausting. If it's organic, like, Courtney, I think, is a good example of, like, she was a shit show, and she was a villain, but it was, like... I think it was legitimate, and... Because it was legitimate, it was interesting, and so the conflict that happened, there was like a lot or of Tierra different facets from to it. Sean's season. Tierra maybe less so because that I think was I think Tierra was probably putting on for for TV just a little bit more than Courtney was, but like it's it's certainly better than like this, which is just yeah. like we're fighting now. Deal with it, America and also Canada, <laughs> mostly Canada. Okay, we should probably talk about the episode. Yeah, that was uh, five and a half minutes of scene seven. <laughs> uh, so we are in uh, Montreal. Now, where in Jamaica is that? <laughs> that is in Canada. Griffin. Oh, interesting. They're back in Canada. You can tell by all the sweaters and hats. And let's, let me tell you about the boys that can speak French. One. Benoit. Benoit, the one that's been speaking French the whole time. This is Benoit's stomping grounds. He is very excited to be in Montreal. There was somebody else who was at least making a run at speaking some French. Uh, Thomas. Thomas. Was, <laughs> Thomas was just like, bien, bienvenidos. Be, no. Bien, bien, Bienvenue. Bienvenue. <laughs> Me amo Thomas. <laughs> Sweet Thomas, you're giving it you're giving it your best shot. Griffin took Spanish in high school and college. Si, si claro. It was not his uh his core competency. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> I think I probably know more Japanese from the one hour of Pinsler course that I took last year than I do from the like six years of Spanish I took in high school and college. Oops. Um, so they, uh, we get a little bit from Jasmine about how Montreal is a very Parisian place in Canada. Just because I, I don't know anything about Montreal except like it's in Quebec where... Well, they, sh- they showed some old buildings and cobblestones. Cool. Yeah. There, there, this is, I do like sometimes, I like travel shows like a lot for this like, oh, I want to, now I didn't know this, but now I want to go to that place. And it's rare that Bachelor and Bachelorette can be the ones to deliver that experience to me because it's like Sandals, Jamaica. Like, I think I know everything. Well, to be clear, Montreal is no Nima Colon. That was the place I was also literally also (laughs) thinking about. Man, Nima Colon looks balling. Foggy as fuck up in those mountains. Um, And Jasmine 
says that she finds Montreal to be a great place to fall in love. Word for word. Slam dunk. Thank mm-hmm. you, Jasmine. Uh, so the first date card goes to one man. It is a single date. And Drew decides that he wants to read the card. Some, yeah, so I think Ke- Kevin, one of the yeah, Kevins, one of the Kevins. To pick up the card. And Drew's like, oh, no, no, you've gotten too many dates. Let me read this one. And immediately I'm like, okay, he's about, Here to, we dunk, go. He's about to dunk on Chris again. And it's not going to be funny. So the first time he, um, quote, dunked on Chris, yeah, uh, it was a group date, and Drew said Chris, and then paused for a long time, and then read and everybody then read else's names. names. This time... New, new twist on it. Everyone knows it's a one-on-one date. He says Chris, pauses, and he's like, nah. Nah, I got you. Just got nah, you. Nah, it's Mikkel. Which I'm excited about, but that's like... Chris is very upset. And why does there have to watch it? Watch this. Keep watching. Rewatch the episodes that have already passed if you want. But continue watching the season and watch. Every time a boy reads a card, there has to be some sort of accompanying shtick. Sweet Mike gets up there and has the card and he does a little hoedown dance, and all the boys are laughing. And it's like, <laughs> whoa! Why is why is any of this? Why is any of this? Ha- why is this any? Of this, why? Why are you doing this? Why the fuck does Drew have to do a tight five every time he stands up in front of a group of boys? He's not the funniest man. There's this like there's this bro dynamic. Yeah. But it feels false for everybody. It seems like everybody has agreed, like, oh, we're just a bunch of guys hanging out in a house together and we just do crazy guy hijinks. Yeah. But like none of them are naturals at it. The bro dynamic is unique this season. It's uniquely Canadian. <laughs> And it's, how, clearly, how is that? it's clearly Canadian. How? I, don't, I, don't, I don't actually know if it's uniquely Canadian, but there's some tattling that goes on a bit later in this episode, and it's one of the only times I can think of where, like, one dude tattles on another dude who has been kind of a shit heel, um, and not nobody else, nobody's got his back. Absolutely nobody's got a back. In fact, everybody has the back of the tattlee, well, the recipient of the they tattle. might going forward, though. They might going forward, but they defo didn't this time. No. And 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 I can't think of another situation like that. We're talking on Bachelor or Bachelorette. You think of when like uh, people were ratting out Jubilee. There was a squad of people who were like, "Oh, I want to get in on this." Well, because usually people like build momentum, like they build confidence. They're like, "Yeah, he's the worst, right? Yeah, no, you're right. He's you're totally right. Like, I'm I'm not I'm not off base on this. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, and that didn't happen. They didn't consensus build prior to reveal. Sure. Um, okay, so Mikkel gets the date. Uh, which we're very excited about. I love this sweet boy. And this is when our friends from McDonald's make a little appearance. Very weird that, okay, she brings in two McCafe cups. And <laughs> for a moment, it's so many thoughts run through well, No, 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 no. Let's set, let's set up the scene better. Okay, okay. so Mikel is in bed. And she sneaks into his, his room. His, his nipple garnish is floating in a glass <laughs> next, to the, next to his bedside table. <laughs> You don't want to sleep at that inn, right? Like, no way. I mean... No way. Women sleep with their navel rings in all the time. That's different, but it's also very dangerous. And why would it be dangerous? Because Fre- if Freddie shows up, that's that that piercing is going to be a like key player in your nightmare torment. Kruger from the Friday movies. <laughs> Scary Friday? Nightmare on Elm Street. Scary. I think it was Scary Friday. Oh, okay. 
I'm in Canada. It was called, the movies were called. Uh, okay, because Nightmare on Elm Street. They were like Elm you Street. Would know more about Canada than me, but uh, why? Because of my hockey enthusiasm. You do love hockey, though, yeah. for real. Um, anyway, I don't know if he's got his nipple piercing in or not. Okay, anyway, so she brings him coffee as like a little, hey, we have a date later, and I just wanted to bring you this coffee. Sweet. See? Funny, kind, caring. And it's a McCafe. It's a McCafe. So maybe not as caring. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> why, why that? There's... Uh, the, Griffin, I, I've it's been, a sponsorship. I know it's a sponsorship. I know it is. For a second, I thought it was just, like, the worst Greeking, like miss of all time like guys this is a mcdonald's logo you gotta blur that one out it's mcdonald's yeah but then later the guys at the house uh all get uh coffees and pastries and a from little, McDonald's. And a little mccafe like banner pops up after that but yeah. like canada is known for its coffee and like donut places like tim hortons and yeah but mcdonald's loves the bachelor bachelorette family as That's you'll true. recall was it Ben that took a woman on a date to oh a McDonald's? And wasn't that woman Lauren? I think it was. And they ended up together. So you bite, so that, there you you go. bite that egg McChicken. Mm-hmm. That's not anything. You gotta hamburgle your heart you gotta with a trip to McDonald's. <laughs> rubble, rubble. <laughs> You're in trouble. Because we're in love now. <laughs> Will you marry me? Yes. Will you please marry me, Grimace? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking to me. No, it's, it's very hot in here, and I've almost drank a whole bottle of champagne. It's a little one. It's a little bottle. I'm, I'm hallucinating. Okay. Uh, so, Mikkel and Jasmine go on their date, which uh, the premise of their date is that they are going to create street art uh, under the guidance of a couple that are professional street artists, uh, and they've been together 19 years. And so when they arrive at Van- the- vandals, let's just—I mean, <laughs> let's just call it what it is: vandalism. Here, here we might call it graffiti artists, but I'm, I'm wondering if that's derogatory now for people who legitimately receive approval. Yeah, which is what I'm assuming was happening on that this episode. Been, that are they like are the worst Banksies ever? Yeah, we'll be on TV. <laughs> um. So, for some reason, in order for them to participate in the street art, they have to change into street artist clothes. I'm guessing because they didn't <laughs> want to get paint on their other stuff, but I these street so. artist clothes were like... But they were very stylish. Very, very, yes. And little black beanies and like and, and street art-inspired sweatshirts. How much do you know about street art, by which I mean graffiti or vandalism? Or, I... spray, or sprayed paint? I watch a documentary about it. Oh, Yeah. And now I can't remember what it was called, but it was about graffiti in New York. Oh, was it um, Jet Grind Radio? No. Was it Mark Echoes Getting Up? I don't know what you're doing now. These are spray paint video games. I'm not sure why. <laughs> okay. I was throwing those at you. Okay. But I do. I just want you to know there's a Japanese, it was a rollerblading um, spray paint game called Jet Grind Radio. And it was pretty ballin'. But then Mark Echo's Getting Up. I think Mark Echo made a video game. It's called Mark Echo's Getting Up, which is probably the best name for a game ever. Because it also sounds like a thing that like Mark Echo's wife would say, um, every morning, like, oh, it looks like Mark Echo's getting up. Because he's getting out of bed. This isn't doing anything for me, and I'm sorry. There's, like, two nerds at home. They're like, I fucking love Mark Echo's getting up. Okay. 
This segment was for them. Their names are Joshua <laughs> and Bradley. Oh, good. And, oh, there's a third one. Michaela. She really oh. liked it, too. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Uh, and so we learn that Mikhail has been brought on this date because Jasmine really wants to see if he can take charge. No, he can't. He cannot. Uh, she draws a very competent rose on she, the wall. Straight up, like she marks sprays. Goes, I should up. say she gets up on that wall like really, really good. I was blown away. This thing looks good. She's is she like a painter? Well, she's a hairstylist, which means she has some kind of artistic competency. She has some sort of aesthetic eye. Yeah, she crushed this rose. It's beautiful. So Mikel's supposed to come in with some shading. He does not perform. He does okay. He, I he, think he's okay, but he, then she says that. Um, that he is very, very bad. And he does, the, she makes this beautiful rose, and then he, like, kind of makes, like, a, a half circle around it, and it's like, oh, dog, why are you doing that? That's a lot of spray paint you just put down, you did a bad job. Yeah. He's like, I wanted to seem confident. Oh, you confidently fucked up my beautiful rose paint, but okay. They also, infuriatingly, she wrote J plus, and then he wrote M, and then equals, and then they didn't put anything after the equals! Did you notice that? It drove me crazy. No. I saw the M and the equal sign. I thought that was his tag. Oh, no. It said J plus M equals. Did you not see the J plus? Are you colorblind? Because it was purple on red. I don't know. Oh, my God. How have you not taken one of these tests before? No, I think I thought that the J was part of the rose shading. Can I load up a colorblind test on my computer right now? And we can like get to the bottom yeah. of this right now? All right. I'm, I'm definitely not colorblind, I'm going to scope though. your cones out. Scoping your cones. Uh, this begins our new segment. Scoping those cones. Scoping those cones with All right. Griffin and Rachel. It's a colorblind test. Can you see what number is in there? Seven. How about that one? 42. How about that one? 74. That one? 10. That one? Two. All right, you're good. Yeah, see? <laughs> Babe, you can't be mad at me. I had to scope those cones. We're about to have a baby together. I need to know what his cone situation's like. Yeah, and that our our baby's most likely perfect vision would be compromised by me. I've been okay. That's mean. <laughs> uh, I've been doing a podcast for like six years now. That's the first colorblind test I've ever done. During my- <laughs> so you can't get that on on Griffin's other shows. You just ladies can't and gentlemen, get the colorblind test. Okay, so. Um, they're still on the date, but meanwhile, Noah arrives at the house, uh, and says there will be two group dates this week. Um, and he's leaving the first card and on this group date will be Kevin P, Benoit, Andrew, and David, who then dabs upon announcement of Thank his you, name. Thank you, David. Thank you. A note about Noah. I have a dark theory. Okay. I think he's a ghost. <laughs> Why? Have you seen, other than Jasmine, who maybe can see ghosts? I'm working oh, on this Oh, because nobody like, interacts with nobody's him? Nobody's ever had. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody has said something to Noah, and then Noah respond to it, or vice versa. Nobody's ever, like, laid a hand on Noah, and Noah has never touched anyone? I'm not joking. When this dude walks into the room, and it's why I don't have, I still don't have a feel for him. It's because I haven't watched him answer a question or like address anything and i know that chris harrison doesn't do a lot of that stuff but if somebody like does something goofy chris harrison will be like Haha, good one we don't even get either these things are being filmed like months apart from each other or noah the host of bachelorette canada has been dead the whole time 
Well, he has a Twitter account he's fairly active on. If you're murdered in a terrible passion, your ghost can still tweet. <laughs> That's nice. I'm just saying, that, look, help me out here. Just look out for it. Okay. I mean, I'll keep an eye out. I don't, I don't want to be too hard on Noah, because he can only work with what he's given. I know. I'm not saying it has anything to do with Noah. I'm just saying... I'm you not saying he's, he's doing a bad job. I'm saying I think he's been dead the whole time. And I think, it, 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 let the boys talk to Noah. <laughs> and then Noah can answer the questions that the boys have. It's not <laughs> Noah's fault. Noah wants to talk to the boys, but he can't. Murdered in a terrible passion <laughs> 10 years ago at the train station. They can station. see him, though. They acknowledge can that they he's see arrived. Him? Can they yes. see him? They're like, when Noah arrives in the afternoon, you know that there's trouble. You know, like, they've they've referred to him. Maybe Noah is okay a maybe they know he's a ghost right so they know no is a ghost and so when a date <laughs> car comes floating into the room they're like shh, shh, shh. do you feel that <laughs> it just got really cold in here i can see my breath all the cabinets are open noah <laughs> noah are you with us um well okay that i believe okay thank that, you that's a good that's a good theory um i'm saying he was murdered in terrible passion 10 years ago at a train station okay <laughs> why a train station i i'm he asks himself that question like every night and he will into eternity as he tries as he tries to just wail down the halls <laughs> just search just searching for release but he'll never find it why in the train station 10 years ago i don't know i don't know maybe okay okay all right new theory oh, here we go new theory because i'm trying to figure out how was he fated to host this show yeah sure so I'm guessing he's at the train station, mm-hmm. and he was supposed to meet the woman that he was in love with. Oh shit! And then he stood her up, Noah. And as on his, as he was running out of the train station, he gets hit by a car. Not a, not a train. No, that's the, that's yeah. That's the Shyamalan twist. <laughs> I love it. And uh, and his punishment is to help other help people other find people love. Find their way. He's like he's like Sam Beckett. Oh, see now now I'm bonding with Noah because I <laughs> again I don't have very much to go on. I'm sure he's a very nice man, but I think he was murdered in a terrible passion. <laughs> in a car accident, passion. Now I'm confused. Yes. We need to we need to be consistent. It's a very passionate, passionate car crash. Because <laughs> <laughs> somebody hit him and was like. Mm. <laughs> All right. I hit that man with my car. This passion is terrible. Mm. Okay, we have to move on. What time? Oh, yeah, we've been going for a while, huh? Uh, so back to the Mikel date. Oh, my God. It's still the first date. Yep. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Uh, so they go to the Chateau Vieux. Uh, Want to hit that one again for me? The Chateau Vieux. That's good stuff. Can I put my ear really just close to your face when you... It's just, you know, those sweet French nothings. <laughs> They're uh, at the Chateau Vieux. Uh, there are candles everywhere. A band is playing. The band is called the Franklin Electric. They're pretty good. Which, yeah, I, I don't know if across the uh, across the border, the tradition holds of bringing a band on that nobody's heard of. Uh, but I had not heard of this band. Yeah, I find that um, I like Canadian music very, very much. 
but I think there's a lot of stuff up there that like everybody knows about that I've never even heard of. Yeah. Yeah. It's very possible. This is a very popular band. Sure. Um, so they dance a little bit. It's very romantic. Did you have a Canadian music fetish growing up? Like, I feel like there was a time there for, I was like only Canada's the only people making good music. Like right Sarah now. McLaughlin. Were you a big fan? Basically just Alanis Sarah McLaughlin. Masor- <laughs> no, like, uh, Alanis Morissette. Alanis Morissette. She's Canadian. That counts. I was really into the weaker thans and uh, bare naked bare naked ladies. They were fun oh, up there, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. And bare naked ladies have actually been on the Bachelorette before. Holy shit! You're right. The American one. Follow follow the clues to solve <laughs> Noah's murder. Follow the clues. We're so close. <laughs> We're so close. I just need one more clue. <laughs> Griffin's got a series of thumbtacks and string up on the wall of his office right now. It's a new ABC product. There's Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise, Bachelorette, Bachelor Mysteries. (laughs) Who murdered Noah? (laughs) Okay. Uh, So they're on a very romantic date together. Um, And then they go to this like hot tub room and they drink champagne. They get as sweaty as I am currently right now. They're very this. sweaty. You can see uh, Mikkel's nipple adornment very well in these shots. Um, they, they, they went from... This stuff doesn't, you know, chase, chase your bliss. They went from um, a level of clothes to not clothes. And, like, it was it was jarring how quickly they weren't having... They didn't have clothes. I mean, they were in swimsuits. Yes. But it was just, like, a smash cut to just, like, wow. Yeah, no, we didn't get any kind of prep that this was about to happen. Uh, And then Mikkel tells us a little bit about himself. Uh, He was born in India. He moved uh, over when he was four months old. Uh, Jasmine says, I think it was really cool that you were born in India. You know, okay. Sure. (laughs) It doesn't. Uh, He talks about his parents and his family. Um, He makes this argument of just like, but I'm very, very Canadian. (laughs) <laughs> like, I don't think she was worried so much about that, but... Yeah. Well. Uh, and and they do a lot, of, a lot of making out. And she gives him a rose and tells him that she's very happy he's there. There's a shot. Because, again, the production values are a bit different for Bachelorette Canada. And I've, I've really enjoyed that so far. There was a shot that was killing me that they were doing from, like, 20 feet away from this hot tub like filmed through some candles and the whole thing felt so voyeuristic and like creepazoid that it made me really, it was really difficult for me to enjoy the very sweet bonding that was happening between the two of them. Yeah. I didn't really notice it. Honestly, Oh man, it was driving me, it was driving me absolutely nuts. But yeah, they, they have a really good date. Yes. And it's exciting. I like those two a lot. That's probably my Mike. Sorry. You got bumped. It's all Mikhail now. I think. Do you think, this is maybe not worth speculating over, but do you think somebody like Mikkel could get on American Bachelorette? Yeah, I think somebody like Mikkel could would do okay. I don't think... Uh, we've had a pretty bad run of it now, but I don't think that soft boy... I just don't think he would even get on the show. Because I, when you look at the guys hmm. on Bachelorette in, in the U.S. that are a little more intellectual and a little more quiet, they're more like Chris than they're like Mikkel. Yeah. They're like exaggerated, like I'm the sensitive intellectual one. Whereas Mikkel just seems like like a good dude who I would, happens uh, to be... Sure. I would argue that he wouldn't get pigeonholed like that because I, I think he's got more going on for it. Like, 
that's a weird thing. Chris in this season is filling the role of like the intellectual quiet dude. Mikkel is like a fucking helicopter surgeon. Like he's probably wicked smart. It's just not like that's the only thing he's got going on. He's also got a beautiful nipple ring. <laughs> just a beautiful nip. I just like I find him very refreshing. Yeah, sure. And I think it's just because you don't see a lot of guys like him on shows. I, I like find this. a lot of the guys in this season really, really refreshing. Yeah, because I, I, it's just a good batch of boys. Like across the board, like yeah, most of the boys are just very good. Yeah, that's fair. Well done, well done, Bachelor. I can't. I guess. I guess if it's your first season, like we're just we're moving through the snickle fritz now here in the USA. Like every <laughs> boy that was going to be on the Bachelorette has been on the Bachelorette, and now they are just diving into the fucking like. They're getting into deep Craigslist where the fucking crud <laughs> hides and just scraping it off the walls and putting them in a suit. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's fair. I I mean, I think there's still good guys on our version, but the ratio is, is much less It's whack. It's impressive. whack. Like, the ratio of, like, entertaining guys is whack. I think a lot, and maybe it's just because we had fewer boys to deal with, so I know more about them in this season, but, like... I know more about them, and I, like, find most of them pretty entertaining. Like, in this last season of Bachelorette, I'm having trouble now thinking about, like, who I really, really, who I really liked. Because I don't think there was that many folks. Yeah, no, there wasn't. You know what I mean? Like, nobody really sticks out, and maybe this is just, like, my faulty memory, but, like, nobody really sticks out as being like, well, this guy was obviously never going to win, but I really found him entertaining and really liked. There wasn't that. And there's a no. f- couple of those here in Bachelorette Canada. I really like Big Big Kyle. I really like uh, uh, Mikhail a lot. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I don't know. I don't know what it means. I don't. Know. I don't think it's like a broad difference between Canada and U.S. I'm sure it's a broad difference between like a single casting director on each show. Yeah. But like, it's a good batch of boys, and we would be we would be lucky to have them. It's true. Uh, so now it's time for the group date. As a reminder, the group date is Kevin P., Benoit, Andrew, and David. Uh, and it is a Cirque du Soleil date. And it is Cirque du So Good to watch these boys do circus acts. <laughs> it was confusing to us, and this is just maybe a fashion thing, but it seemed like half the guys were suited up in leotard gear and half the guys were not. Which, But then I wondered, is it just like an all-black fashion thing? No, I think it's a... I I mean, most of it was like leotard-style stuff, which made me think, did every boy bring a leotard? Was there no, like, bring a leotard from home? Maybe it depended on the uh, device that they got connected to. That's entirely possible. What the gear they were supposed to wear. This This was brutal. Everybody got their own device to play with. Yeah, so Andrew is on a bed... That is actually a trampoline. Okay, this is... We have to ad- address this because I don't know anything about Andrew, except that Jasmine says, I gave him the big bed trampoline because he has a lot of energy to burn off, which to me is the most <laughs> savage, just like, this sweet boy needs to bounce. I'm going to leave him in the ball pit for a while to really get his wiggles <laughs> To our out. knowledge, Andrew has never appeared on camera and said anything. Again, maybe murdered in a terrible passion. Like, maybe, I don't know. Well, there's I'm not ready to attach that to like what is already a very solid theory, but this this like teardown of just let's just let him play with his toy and get his willies out <laughs> and give him a <laughs> give him a give him pudding cup later. Uh, so Benoit gets uh, like a little bungee harness. Very very fun. Uh, David gets the like the aerialist straps and uh, Kevin or Ka- Kevin Kevin yes. 
the other deckhand, Kevin, gets the pole. Kevin is on the pole. Which he, like, is sick at. I want to talk about David, too, because, like, you got a fun pole that you pole dance on. You got a big bed that you jump on and dive into a foam pit. And you got, like, a fun little, like, bungee thing. David essentially got, like, crucified on these, like, crazy straps that he just has to hold his whole body up from and be hung and swung around from the ceiling and get his arms torn off. It looked brutal, and it's like, he was like, I wonder if I'm just getting the short end of the stick for some reason, because I've gotten, like, some shit every week since I've been here. And it's like, it kind of seems like, yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah, it seems like ever since episode one, David said, top that, Jasmine was like, well... Well... Now I have to in, entrap him in my Machiavellian... I have to subject you to a series of punishments every week. It's brutal, dude. It's weird. Everybody else is like swinging around and bouncing. <laughs> I'm getting my jimmies out. This is fun. <laughs> I can't wait for pudding lunch. <laughs> and David's just like hanging by his arms like, please. Like rats nibbling at his chest. Like, please, God. Uh, so everybody's actually really good, though. They all have to do little performances. Oh, well say that they're all well andrew wasn't andrew just kind of jumps up and down on a big bed yeah andrew's not especially impressive but i feel like they all do better than we're expecting um and benoit really crushes it like jumps up really high and spins around this trapeze and and uh so he gets chosen for the one-on-one time which is like a guaranteed rose or a guaranteed sin home right that's like a lot of stuff riding on, yeah. I did a good swing and bounce. Yeah. Yeah, it... What could fucking Andrew have done on the big trampoline bed that she would have been like, whoa, dope trampoline A bunch of tumbles. He didn't even tumble. He didn't, I guess. He like held on to the headboard and just bounced a bunch. He did. <laughs> he was having a fun time. <laughs> and he was really... I bet he took... Just the biggest nap right after that. I bet oh, it just man. went right down. Yeah. What do you think he looks like sleeping? <laughs> Probably exactly like he looks awake. Rachel. He's doing his very best. He is, and he's having a good time. He's having a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, feeling, I'm feeling punchy this episode <laughs> for no reason whatsoever. Uh, so Benoit and Jasmine get to go to Luzia. Oh, it just you took this language for so long and it just dripped. well that's not french that's it, cirque du soleil it just pours right out of your mouth i made the point that i think any person who can speak the language of french not just native people from france but anybody who can speak french once you know how to speak french if you go to cirque du soleil i think you automatically know how to do one of the acts i think you can just walk on stage and just like pop off like one of the acts I'm not saying everybody is going to get in there and do, like, the motorcycle ball or whatever. I've never seen Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, anyway, so they go to this this performance of Cirque du Soleil. And then afterwards, they go to, like, a little VIP tent, which is kind of circusy, And has a couch and some champagne. It's a little macarons. They look really good. Mm-hmm. And then they they spend some time together. And then he tongue blasts her face mouth, and it's, like, the worst. <laughs> he, like, he's telling us, the viewer, that he hasn't kissed her yet and wants to, and is kind of trying to figure out his moment. And she's kind of talking about the sexy eye face that he makes at her. Um, but she also wants to see that he's serious. 
And so then he just says a few things like, oh, I, I am looking for a serious relationship. Uh, I'm actually kind of a serious person. And she's like, oh, that's good. And then they go back to wacky time. Uh, and he then spoon, they spoon. There's like a blanket and he's like trying to get her to lay down, but in like a whimsical way. And he's wearing glasses. Oh, that's the other thing. A lot of glasses. A lot of he, he, blink and you'll miss it glasses wear. I made the comment earlier the guy that she was super into that ended up being a dud yeah. had glasses. And I was like, this... I've, I've already removed his name <laughs> from my mind. I feel like it started with an S. Seth? Maybe. Uh, he had glasses, and I remarked upon how he was the only contestant I had ever seen wear glasses. And then this ep, two Every, people. A bunch of boys wearing glasses, Benoit yeah. had the glasses, and then inexplicably later, Drew had glasses. Uh, but anyway, so... So they're having this kind of wacky exchange on the couch, and Jasmine's telling us about how he uh, he just is so fun and goofy. And then they're kind of staring at each other. And then he just tongue blasts. And then face he mouth. says, "Okay," and then and he just goes for it. Mm, perfect and starts kissing her. And she's like, um, "He kisses in a way that isn't exactly how I would do it, but it was so passionate, <laughs> yeah. you know." Um, and then he tells us that he is French Canadian, so he French kisses. That can't be. Yeah. I don't know very much about French Canadians or, um, France, I guess in general, if you haven't picked that up after this episode of the podcast and like, I don't know how much clearer I can be, but they can't, that has, that can't be a thing that you do. That can't be a thing you actually say and do if you're French or French no, Canadian, right? Like, like a, I'm French, so I French kiss. Booyah. No, it's a throwaway line. Benoit okay, is not especially funny. Um, but he's fun. And uh, she gives him the rose. I guess it's fun, but he like straight up tongue blasts that face mouth for like five minutes. And she's like, okay, okay, great. She says that he makes her feel desired. Awesome. So it gets him another week. Okay. Well, good. Well done, Benoit. Uh, so now it is the group football date, of which course. is Drew, Kyle, Thomas, the other Kevin, Mike, and Chris. Uh, and the teams are arranged as such: those first three boys versus the other three boys. Uh, it is the hotties versus the naughties. And you'll never guess who's on the naughties team. Drew, the bad boy. <laughs> And uh, they are provided uh, the throwing arms of two very talented members of the Montreal Alouettes football team. This was one of the more whack sporting events that's ever been on this franchise. Because they're like, all right, guys, we're going to play some football. First to three touchdowns wins. And it's like, that's a weird way of keeping score in football. But okay, first to three touchdowns. How are we? Well, I'm going to be the throwing man, and all three of you are going to run out, and the other three are going to try to keep you from catching them and running them for touchdowns. Like okay, seems like a cash way, like like some kids in a park might play. I guess so. But like, where's can you? Here's what I would have done when I'm on the defense team. I would have run up and tackled the professional football man who's throwing <laughs> the ball. Just like that's a sack. That's legal. That's a legal law in football. I'm just saying there's a lot of defensive pass interference, and where the fuck was the ref? 
I think Jasmine was the ref, wasn't she? Well, she, she was wearing Jasmine, a little, I'm sorry to say it. A little referee outfit. Jasmine, I know you're a fan. You blinked on so much DPI out there. It was driving me crazy. <laughs> it was like Inflate Gate all over again, I think, is what that was in reference to. Did you call it Inflate Gate? Yeah, he extra inflated the balls to get them like <laughs> they were really super bouncy. Yeah, so cause that's the thing. I don't understand it because if it deflates, it won't throw as far, right? If you inflate it, more air flow to your balls, throw them for farther and better touchdowns. <laughs> flow to your balls. That's good. You've cheapened my. You've cheapened my 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 football. You've cheapened yourself, you've Griffin. You've cheapened. Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the four ounce bottle of champagne talking. <laughs> So we find out as they're getting ready that Chris has never really played on a sports team and has to kind of learn how to play football from Kevin and Mike, who are very nice it's about very, it. Yeah, it's very, this was, it was sweet. Uh, and Kyle, our man Kyle, gets the first touchdown. Because he got the ball, fell over, and was in the parking lot. And they're like, I guess that counts. <laughs> I guess that works. Because he's so tall. He's a tall man was the thing. Yeah. Uh, who gets the second touchdown, though? I will say Jasmine give me was... the. By the way, just give me the play-by-play. I'm not looking... If I wanted scores, I'd go to SportsCenter. I want to know what happened on that beautiful gridiron. Jasmine was really excited about Kyle. She wanted him to tackle some people because she was so big. Or he was so big. Jasmine, that's a straight-up irresponsible dog. <laughs> Uh, and you can tell Kyle is, is kind of like he's trying to go easy on the gentleman because he knows that. There's a clip. Go back and watch it where they're like doing some training beforehand. And Kyle like tackles one of those things that like offensive linemen like shoulder charge into to like, I guess, build up charging strength or whatever. He lifts that motherfucker off the ground and throws <laughs> it like you would throw like a small cat or something like he would never, though. He would never. He would never. I'm just saying, like, that is the weight differential there. If he had tackled one of these boys, yeah. they would have hung out, like, on the moon for a while. He knows that with great power comes great responsibility. Kyle, thank you for not killing these boys. Uh, Drew gets the second touchdown. So that's two for the uh, for the naughties. And Drew, when he gets this touchdown over Chris, he's actually really sweet about it. Just kidding. He's a dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the whole the whole tension that's being built is like, oh, now Drew and Chris have a an opportunity to hit each other, and they don't really doesn't, doesn't happen. They don't really do that, uh, but we do get to hear Chris, uh, Drew's evil laugh over and over again. <laughs> Can you give it to me? <laughs> that's an incredibly yeah, that's it. And I think it's like <laughs> it was it was like a combination of the two. <laughs> Um, and then... Oh, God, look at the audio waves for that part of it. <laughs> Shit, sorry, everybody. I'm going to turn both our mics down. woof a Check, hey. Okay, this is much better. <laughs> yeah. All right, now we're doing. Now we're doing a podcast. Okay. Um, so the guys uh, on the hotties team really have to get their head in the game. And uh, Chris actually blocks Thomas getting the third touchdown. And then Chris gets a touchdown. It's a big moment for Chris. Yeah, he does a sport. He does a sport. We're all very happy for him. And then Mike gets a touchdown. And then it's all tied up. Um, 2-2, which is a very common football score. (laughs) Okay, uh, this is insane. Both of you just got 
safeties. And then I guess that was, I guess that's the end of the ball game. Boy, this sucks. And then Kevin, uh, Captain Canada, rolls his ankle um, and then gets a touchdown on his sprained ankle. The greatest story, football story ever told. Uh, and then the guys celebrate, at which point Griffin tells me, quote, I love at the end of sports games when guys pick each other up and twirl each other around. It's yeah, it's like my favorite. It's like my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I really like that bit. Uh, and so here's the thing. So typically in this scenario, the winning team would get one on one time or not one on one time, but they would get additional time with right. Jasmine uh, and the losing team would have to go home immediately. But Jasmine just arbitrarily decides, hey, you know what? You know, I thought there were stakes. There are no stakes. You all get to go on a date with me now. So it it just it was all for naught. If I was one of those winner boys, if I was if I was Captain Canada who destroyed his leg. Yeah, no kidding. Going in for the victory of the game. Destroyed his leg and then went in to play that final play and got that winning touchdown. And then, oh, it didn't matter. Ooh, I'd have been miffed. Kevin... After this segment of the day, Kevin has to go to the hospital, and he gets a new leg. Sprained his ankle so badly, they give him crutches and put a boot on him, which was really confusing for me. Because <laughs> he kept, he was like, "Yeah, they had to put a boot on," and I was like, "They had to put about what?" <laughs> anyway, that's some of my can- can- that's some of my Canada jokes. It's okay. It's not bad, but it's not. It's certainly not good. It was funny when you said it as we were watching. I didn't think didn't, you were going to retell it come back on like, the podcast. Oh, got to share this with my friends <laughs> on the ear pods. Rachel kind of smiled, so I'm Rachel, bringing it to yeah. the air. Literally, if I can get that reaction, it's probably pretty good. Um, and so on this date, Jasmine says she's looking to see who's kind of a good sport. So the game is over. And it's important to her to see how everybody kind of carries themselves post-game. But the first thing she does is say, you know, whoever pours me a glass of wine is going to get the first one-on-one time. Which she tells us. She She doesn't announce that. If she had said it out loud, these boys would have, like, murdered each other. (laughs) Yeah. So Mike happens to do it. So she pulls Mike away. These guys, this fucking... This this was when I was like, Jasmine is the best there ever was. This moment... She they sit down and she kind of talks about how her and Mike or she's telling us how her and Mike haven't really connected in any kind of like intimate physical way yet. And so she just turns to Mike and just says, I heard you have an eight pack. And Mike is so sweet because he's like, well, yeah, you know, it just makes the job a lot easier to, to stay in shape. But like, I'm not like the first guy to like go around, you know, showing, showing it off. And Jasmine's just like, no, take it out. Take yeah. it out. <laughs> take your shirt off take your shirt off uh and at first he's kind of resistant because he's like well i don't i don't and she's like no no, no just just take it off just take off your shirt it was so fucking good <laughs> like it was so unbelievably good because then he does and she's like holy she shit she literally says she looks at his his ab muscles and she says can i touch it <laughs> in about that tone of voice like <laughs> It was so fucking good, dude. Like, and that's, I mean, and that's, that's all he needed at that point. It was, it was such a unique moment because I, I, I really like Jasmine. And I think that was a really funny moment, but also there is no other dude who has ever been on this show that has an eight, a, fuck it, a six plus, a four plus pack that would be on this show and not try to take their shirt off like first chance and try to get their tummy skin and do like a little sexy dance too, yeah. like really milk it. His, his like, 
uh, reluctance to like show off his stuff. And then her like demand to do it was like seriously one of the best (laughs) moments of this TV show. Yeah. If we're saying this and it sounds like gross, like it super wasn't. Like it was like weirdly very, very charming and just like super sexy. It was fun because (laughs) because it was sexy. I'm not gonna, you know, what am I gonna do? Lie? It was fun because she was clearly trying to like find a new exciting thing with Mike. Like she recognized that their relationship had been kind of serious. And wasn't really progressing. And so you could tell she was just like, you know what? I want to see those abs. Get those abs out, Mike. Good shit, man. That's good. And then he walks back into the room with her and his shirt is unbuttoned. And like his... And the guys are freaked. Captain Canada sees it and is like, uh... (laughs) He he comes back from the hospital to this. What's up? Stole your girl. Look at this. I look like a lobster down here. Look at my look at my carapace. You like that shit? <laughs> Only two of my abs are dating her right now, but by the end of the night. I'll be up to all eight. <laughs> um So then there's this Drew Chris thing again. Uh Drew makes some comment how Chris deserves a rose because he was on the winning team. And Chris is like, Chris is is such a like beaten puppy at this point. He's like, yeah, really? You know, he's just like, he's so tired of <laughs> being bullied by Drew. Yeah. And then Drew's like, yeah, somebody on the winning team should definitely get a rose, but I don't think it's gonna happen. And then does his like. And so Chris decides, all right, that's it. I am going to tell Jasmine that Drew is awful. And so Chris pulls him, pulls Jasmine away and says, you know, would you want to know about somebody who might not be here, you know, for the right reasons? And he doesn't say right reasons, but that's basically yeah, what he's sure. saying. And she's like, yeah, of course. And he says to, quote, beware of Drew and says Which that, is a crazy thing. <laughs> beware. <laughs> says that Drew said a lot of nasty things to him and tells Jasmine about the like bait and switch on the single date today or the day before. And um Jasmine seems concerned and is like, Yeah, that doesn't sound good. Um and so she immediately pulls Drew away. And says, you know, some of the guys have talked to me and said that, you know, you're not who you seem to be and that you've been saying some bullyish things to uh, some of the guys. And Drew, I will say, Drew is a real smooth operator in this instance. Yes. He doesn't do the typical thing, which is like, who? Who said that? Who said that to you? Because he knows. No, he owns up. Um, and then he says, yeah, you know, it was just a practical joke, which like trying to include him in some guy stuff. And she's like, oh yeah, guy's tough. It's just like a lot of that. We're guys, guys, you know? And so we're just doing guy stuff. And, um, and she's like, oh, so you were trying to include him in your guy thing. And Drew's like, yeah, yeah, but I should have known, you know, like I should have read, read him better. Uh, and I, you know, I was too far and, and I, I apologized and like, I regret doing it. Um, and then meanwhile, of course, he's telling like us, the viewer that like Chris isn't a man and that like a man doesn't do 
that there's kind a of lot tattling. of talking about what a man does and doesn't do and all the, yeah. all the other guys are like yeah he crossed a line chris crossed the line you should never bring another guy into it and that was what was weird to me is you would think there would be at least one other dude that would be on well maybe it's just there's not enough dudes but like there should be at least one other dude who's like oh i hear you that drew he's a real d-bag i think i think they're not all the guys there don't seem as threatened by drew because drew has very clearly singled out chris um, my thought is that if Chris weren't there, Drew would, I mean, he'd be up in I mean, somebody it, it else's also, biz. It could also literally be his, like, bullying Chris is, like, a complete work for the TV show. And so, like, maybe just around the other boys, he doesn't do it because a producer will come to him while they're doing one of those, like, behind-the-scenes interviews and be like, oh, say something shitty about Chris. I'll be like, oh, yeah, sure, okay, here it comes. Like I don't think the other boys are getting getting a raw deal from from Drew. Really, I think it's just like Chris. Now, if I was one of the boys and I had to watch him do his fucking shitty prop comedy every time he got up to read who goes on a date, I would be a little bit miffed at him. Yeah, like you remember when he came back from getting the rose and he did that whole. I'll like, never forget it because it was the worst thing <laughs> I've ever seen. But like, if I was one of the boys in the house, I wouldn't like hold a grudge. I certainly wouldn't tattle about it. like Chris just didn't put a case together. You got to put a fucking case together. Yeah, if you're gonna do this. So it it didn't work um jasmine seems to like feel like she understands the situation it doesn't seem suspicious of drew and then kind of leaves the evening and nobody gets a rose but doesn't make a big deal out of it and so rachel and i are like what just happened because all of a sudden it was daytime nobody got a rose yeah well she gets up and walks out and everyone's like oh man and then chris regrets doing this because there's there seems to be some kind of understanding that he might have gotten the rose but then he compromised his opportunity to get the rose because yeah. he spent his time complaining about drew i feel like kyle should have gotten the rose on this day because he's the tall he was the tallest one it just seems like if, you, if if we're just playing calvin ball with who gets what for what reasons that seems like a really good one for me um i mean that's a weird precedent to set well, it would, the rubric would change every week. So, like, this week, it's the whoever is the tallest one. Will and what would rubric. next week be, then? Um, Probably most abs. Like, you know, ab count out. Because somebody, you know somebody's got a secret tent. Maybe Andrew had a secret tent under there. We'll never oh, know. I doubt that. Wow. I think, I think if he had a secret tent, we would have... It wouldn't have been a secret tent. Yeah, we would have seen it. A lot of people have secret tents, you know. They walk among us. And you see them on the street. Maybe they're your bank or your grocer. And you just don't think about it. But under that shirt, oh, man. Where would the 10... Rolling waves of grain. Because I saw Mike's eight. Yeah. And I don't know where you put two more. They flank on the left and right. Oh. Yeah. They're just they're your little subdermal buddies. Like little parentheses? Like little parentheses. Shh, shh. It's a secret. <laughs> My torso looks crazy. Um, okay. So we're back at the house. Noah arrives in a very large sweater. Uh, Ghost Noah. And they all acknowledge that he has arrived, (laughs) that he has been summoned, uh, and that he's there in the afternoon, which can't be good because all the dates are finished. Why would he be there? You know how in the one ghost movie that Shyamalan did, he's like wearing a coat the whole time? The guy? I don't want to spoil it. Just in case there's somebody left. At the end of the movie, he like moves the coat and you can see there's a bullet wound and it's been there the whole time. Big sweater. Hello. Big sweater. What's under that big sweater? A 10-pack. <laughs> it was him the whole... Wow. Wait, okay. 
All right. Kind of mixing it up a little bit. You veered a little. So here's what I think. You can be both a ghost from a terrible murder passion, but also keep it fucking tight. You know what I mean? Doing reps in the ghost gym. Mad reps. Getting (laughs) ridged. Just getting ridged out with my ghost bros in the gym for ghouls. This is a very like Halloween themed episode. <laughs> how how appropriate to usher in October. I'm just saying there's gyms out there where ghosts go to get fucking ripped because they're gonna have that body for Oh, there's a good punchline there. What are they called, Griffin? Oh Jesus. Like boonasiums? No, they wouldn't call them that. Ghostnasiums? That's much better. <laughs> You want to work on that for a little bit? We can edit out the time while you think of it. If, if, it won't con me. I will forget. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, or I can sit here and be distracted while you talk at the end of the episode. <laughs> that's what I'm worried is going to happen. So Noah lets the guys know there is no cocktail party, that it has been canceled. And that most likely means Jasmine has already made up her mind. And so Chris tells everybody that his heart is beating very fast, which Griffin pointed out. Is, he says a lot. He talks a lot about the rhythm of his heart. <laughs> um, Drew is like, while they're all sitting around receiving this news, Drew is sitting there with like a beanie and big glasses on, like tinted glasses. Big Elliot Gould glasses. Yeah, strange. Where'd you to get see. those things, bud? Um, Kevin still has his crutch and his boot, and um, Thomas has his hair and a little ponytail. I did not recognize the fool. Yeah, Thomas, here's here's what made a case to me. So Thomas, I can very much see as a model, because if he changes one aspect of his face or dress, he's unrecognizable to me. Yeah. I'm just totally blown that's, away. I mean, that's model. That's, that's what model is. I know. Uh, so we go straight to the rose ceremony. And Benoit and Mikel are going into the rose ceremony with roses. Uh, and so we find out three guys are not getting roses that yeah. night, which is big. Uh, so Mike gets a rose, of course, because of the abs. Uh, Kevin lays down his crutch and hobbles over to her when he gets offered a rose. It's very, it's a very beautiful moment. Uh, Thomas gets a rose. Um, the other Kevin gets a rose, too. And Chris and Drew. But before Drew gets a rose, she pulls him aside and asks if he's there for her. And he's like, yeah, I like you. I can see something in the future. If you don't like me, you should send me home, though. And then she gives him a rose. I don't know what she expected in that moment to happen. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't either. It was. Yeah. I don't Maybe know. she thought, like, I'm going to ask him dead on. I'm going to look in his eyes and then I'll know whether or not. Do you it's think real. we could hit a situation this season, potentially? We're, I think we're the closest we've ever been to this situation, where the final two are both named Kevin. <laughs> it seems this, like it. Oh, my God. She's a big fan of both Kevins. It's all I want is the tale of two Kevins. Mm-hmm. Which one's going to be the one to take it home? And the winner is Kevin. Oh, God, that would be good. Kevin. And the winner is Kevin. <laughs> uh, so that means that Andrew, Kyle, and David are going Sweet home. Sweet Kyle. 
she didn't have enough love in her heart for you because you needed you need just more. You, you need, need more. a woman with two hearts. It's a shame that she didn't get that big that big love. It's the <laughs> ranking. I'm Griffin. just saying the ranking is cowboy love number one. Yes. Not even fucking close. Yes. Number two, apparently French Canadian. It's somewhere down the list that that just that tall love. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's good. St- you don't know because I'm five ten. Yeah. You don't know what I mean. <laughs> but I've seen tall people in love. And that's they, true. And they oh, seem it's so good. They seem to experience it. I think that's why people like celebrities so much is because like some celebrities are very tall. And when they fall in love, it's like, oh, perfect. But I will say that some are not tall. Some aren't tall. <laughs> and when that happens, it's like, look, don't make me look at it. Um. So Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes before all that, like before it got like really, really bad between them, it, just when that thing just started up, I was like, not tall enough. You know? Ugh. Don't make me look at the not tall ones. Um Okay, so yeah, so Kyle, Andrew, and David go home, and then we find out that next week we are going to Back to Jamaica, back to Sandals. I left my keys there. We have to get back. Quebec City. The QC, baby. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about Quebec City. I'm sorry. I'm going. I'm learning from this. We season. are. We're learning. We're learning a lot. Um, and then we get like maybe one of the best after scenes of all time, and it's the completely awesome demented coach of the like Cirque du Soleil sesh they all went to. Uh, that dude was amazing. He was like trying to get them to move using the from energy within. from inside out of their bodies. And, like, some people were good at it. David was not very good at it. I'm surprised that David kind of fizzled out, right? Because he seems like he fills an archetype that usually does very, very well on this show. But he did not. He didn't do great. I just I just think ever... He said top that. And it just poisoned the well. And, yeah. That was every Anyway, this, every this, this coach was just, like, flipping these boys around and just having a really good time. Yeah, you got to see the, the men really express themselves through movement. Which was it. fun. So... I I like it. Like, I like strings about the show, the Canadian version. All the dates are, like, fucking great. Yeah, the dates are fun. The dates are amazing. Um, They're not, like, lame. Uh, you have to run through this obstacle course yes. date. I, 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 I like everything about about the show, except for this, like, drama that's just, like, nothing demoralizes me more than I have another, ep- like, I like this episode. We have another fucking episode of this? It gets me really, really hard for me to, like, get psyched about the next episode when I know, like, it's just going to have more of the same shit. Yeah, and it just doesn't seem like it's ever going to come to a head. And when it does, it's not going to, it's not going to be satisfying. Because it's not even like, I don't, it's not even like one of them is like a big, big, you know, monster, like, Drew's a dick, sure, but he's not like this big, monstrous villain that you're, like, hoping gets slain or whatever. I just, neither of them are going to win the show. So, like, that's not... Yeah, exactly. It's just not... It's not interesting to me anymore. But it, And it feels like the people who make these shows think it's just, like, perfunctory. Like, oh, we've got... Well, we've got to have this. But there's so many other ways to have, like, friction on the show. And I get that, like, they do it because it's easier to get, you know, U.S. Weekly front page space if you, like, establish a long-running rivalry like this, but... As a viewer of the television show, who doesn't give a shit about that? Like, oh man, is it boring? Apparently, Drew and Rod have been connecting 
on Sick. different social media platforms. Sick and good. Also, Bachelorette Canada. I'll put you on blast for having yeah, Rod on your after show. Which, after show, which we don't watch, and yeah, I don't, I don't really want to. Yeah. Uh. Well, yeah, especially not now. Yeah. But um. Uh. Yeah. Come on, guys. Get your shit together. A lot of people have been asking us, like, what do you think about him on the Ben and Lauren show? And it's like, uh, I don't... <laughs> We're not going to watch I'm it. I'm not going to watch it, so I don't really give a shit. Also, nobody's going to watch it, so I, I don't have any feelings about that. Yeah. It's disappointing, obviously, but, like, I don't know. I'm disappointed that he still gets real estate, um, but I recognize that that's, I mean, that's what he was after. And yeah. he's going to work the hustle, and there's not a lot we can do about it. It bothers me. I can just sit here and shudder with quiet, impotent rage. Yeah. No, oh, there it is. You're going to have to finish the show, baby. The rage is taking over. It's not, it's, <laughs> it's not really quiet rage. It's fairly, I mean, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I guess, I mean, it could be louder. Cosmically speaking, it's pretty quiet. <laughs> uh, I wanted to thank somebody that sent us something in the P.O. Box. Oh, boy. Uh, so, Felix. Oh, Felix, yes. Felix Carlson sent us a series of Rose Buddies-themed soaps. There was um, really nice-smelling Rose and Merlot soaps. Uh, so, thank you, Between Felix. Felix and Erica, this house is smelling so nice. Yeah, we got great we got great candles from Erica. Great soaps. Uh, got, but so know. many different onesies. Our baby is never going to want for clothes. Yeah, we have a lot of a lot of bachelor bachelorette rose buddies themed onesies too, which is very nice. Very sweet. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for oh, your kind gifts, Griffin. Yo, we need to talk about sax man. I can't believe we almost didn't talk about sax. <laughs> Just join the Facebook group on Rose Buddy, the, the Rose Buddy's Facebook group. You'll recall last week we were talking about signature dance moves, and I mentioned there is a photo of Griffin doing an air saxophone, which I then posted in the Facebook group. Uh, and I believe it was John uh, Ridium, Ridium took that photo, blacked out the background, and turned it into the greatest Photoshop competition to ever have And existed. the most impromptu, like... There is no prize. This all started over the weekend and has yes. continued to today. It's it's absolutely amazing. Now there's actually a woman in the group that has created a cartoon of Good Good Sax Boy, which she is going to turn into t-shirts, I believe, for purchase. And yes. that uh, a portion of the proceeds will go to charitable causes. So if you want... That's very cool. If you want your own... Good, good sax boy T-shirt, or perhaps a Rose Buddies themed lapel pin is another option. Yeah, um, I think that's available in the Facebook. But group. get on the Facebook group, catch the sax boy wave. <laughs> it's so it's so funny. They're so good. I don't know if you noticed that Lynn put it as his uh, yeah a, a Hamilton themed one. Somebody as his put image. Griffin into Hamilton, and then Lynn Manuel Miranda appreciated it so much. It's now his Twitter background. And I told him like I can't imagine how many people you are going to confuse. With with that because there's so many <laughs> there's so many fucking layers especially because he's hosting saturday night live this week so if he keeps that up a few more days like a lot of people, people are, are gonna, gonna see it who is this? this well see there's this podcast and they cover a show <laughs> about the show i don't about watch the show that most of the listeners of the podcast don't actually watch anyway 
Anyway. One of one of the hosts played air saxophone like a complete fucking idiot at a wedding once. Anyway. No, you know what? I don't regret it. And if your goal, of, <laughs> if any of those people making those photoshops was meant to try to embarrass me or make me regret having a very good time at my friend Pete and Eva's wedding. No, you're their muse. You've inspired a lot of our listeners. I think, that's, I think that's like 99%, but I think there's probably one person who's like, oh, I'm really going to stick it to him this time. No. Well, okay. They're all done so lovingly. Thank you, guys. They're beautiful. Thank you all. But if you're trying to make me look like a boob in front of my wife <laughs> and internet, it won't happen. I will not be boobed. <laughs> that's it for this episode of Rose Buddies. We're going to see you next week. Stick around. Dial in the Bachelorette Canada. Have a few problems with it, but I'm enjoying the heck out of this television show. It's It's been a really nice break from, you know, what we've grown accustomed to and here in the States. We're going to get really snobby about it, too. Like, oh, this would never happen in Bachelorette Canada. <laughs> it's it's changed us. Yes. Uh, anyway, that's this episode. Thank you for listening. I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm Rachel McElroy. When you're ready. Stay with us on this journey of joy. Spoiler alert. She ends up with Soldier Boy. Right, Right, Oh, 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 oh,